Welcome to the Rebel Souls Podcast, where we flip the middle finger to the status quo. I'm your host, Shelley Paxton, lifelong rebel, liberator of souls, and author of Soulbatical, a corporate rebel's guide to finding your best life. Settle in as we dive deep with badass leaders who are rebelling for what matters most in life, business, and the world at large. I'm so happy you're here. Let's get this revolution started. This is a Soulfire production. Hello and welcome back, my fellow rebel souls. I swear every time I come on here and I get to spend time with all of you, like, can you hear the smile coming through my voice? I can't stop smiling. I have one of those, like my face hurts because I'm smiling from ear to ear. This is my favorite thing, spending this time with you. And interestingly, in this episode with Judy Holler, who I cannot wait to tell you more about, new favorite soul sister, just telling you, we'll get into that in just a second. Incredible conversation. She and I talk about power statements, waking up every day and doing 10 I am power statements. Words are ones, people. Words are ones. We can create our reality and put this energy into the world. So you know what? I'm going to start this episode by saying you'll learn more about what all of this means. Hang in there. Hang in there. I promise you it'll pay off. What I learned is that I'm going to wake up every morning and say, I am a badass talk show host because that's what I want. I want to be like the future, like digital talk shows, whatever they're going to become. Nothing unlike afternoon network TV, because that's not my jam. And they're not going to be fun to the F-bomb. And let's be honest, anything I do is either going to be late night. It's definitely going to have an explicit attached to it. And we're going to have some fun. So I don't know what that looks like. But that's my power statement. So you have to stay tuned in to find out what is a power statement. Judy teaches us all about these. Um, She is a total badass, total badass. And I want to tell you a little bit about her. But first, I just want to ask you guys, like, I love spending this time with you. I am so honored that you carve an hour plus out of your week every week, whether it's your drive time, because I know that's starting to pick back up again, walk time, exercise time, laundry time, cooking time, soul time, all of the above. I just love that we get this time to hang and be inspired and like rise up and expand together. And that's the whole purpose. And thank you for those of you who've reached out since we relaunched Rebel Souls. I mean, in our soul, at our core, this is the same. And I told you guys back in June that the whole point was let's put the rebel back in Rebel Soul. Let's like dial it up in terms of how I'm showing up for this community, in terms of me 
taking the shackles off and bringing more of my vulnerable self, more of my journeys, more behind the scenes, more badassery, and totally up-leveling our guests. And you guys are telling me that you're liking it. And I want to hear from more of you. I wanted to read out loud. I'm going to do this more regularly. Read out loud one of the latest reviews from Christy Turner, who calls Rebel Souls Rockstar Brilliance. She says, after the five stars, which made me feel very good, this podcast is just pure gold. Shelly's authenticity, passions, golden nuggets, and connections to the coolest and most inspiring individuals is just priceless. She's so real. I'm literally jealous in a good way of her brilliant phrases that describe our struggles, shackles of should, and of course, the ultimate soulbatical, just simply a must listen. Thank you, Christy Turner. And thank you to all of you. I'm going to do more of this. I will always select one of you. And please keep submitting reviews on your favorite platform on Apple and Spotify. Like this, it really does make a difference. It will get Rebel Souls seen. It will help to grow our community. We'll help to get some sponsors in here. Even you guys, I pay a lot of money to bring this content to you. And it's important to me because it comes from my soul. And honestly, it is truly my favorite thing. It's my favorite thing. So I've already told you guys that I'm just going to keep saying it because it is, and it's such an honor. And I would love for more of you to write reviews, take a screenshot, DM them to me on at Soulbatical on Instagram. That's my favorite playground on the socials. And let me know there just might be a little surprise. So let's keep it going. Let's keep dialing up the freaking flames on Rebel Souls in the way I'm showing up, in the way you guys are showing up, and in the way we are expanding this community of badass mofos. So now on the topic of inspiring guests, holy shit, Judy Holler. I This is my first ever conversation with Judy. And as soon as I started to dig into her work, at the recommendation of a couple of friends, Kelly Tennant, who I'm definitely going to get on the podcast. Kelly's the founder of Soulfire Productions, who is the podcast production company that I'm now with. Judy, her podcast, Yes And, is also there. And Jessica Zweig, who I, who is a dear friend and soul sister and who I interviewed, she was one of my first 10 episodes P.S. If you haven't listened to that, she talks about all about authenticity and showing up and what it means to um, really live into your personal brand and define that and show up as that every day. And she uh, she's a, a gift to the world. And so my world is just all of these juicy people are coming together and all of them served up this amazing introduction to Judy. And you, I promise you, you're going to thank me for this one. And I don't want to go on and on. I just want to tell you this. Judy and I share so many things. As soon as I started diving into her world, and by the way, everything in her world is hot pink. So like what orange is to me and yellow is to Jessica's wide, hot pink is to Judy Holler. And she lives loud and proud and visible and authentic. 
and she's a fear boss. And she tells us all about what does that mean? She's an entrepreneur, former corporate, former improv artist, improv artist, improver, um, went through Second City, like the unbelievable Second City here in Chicago. She did it for a lot longer than I did. Our paths did not cross, but we geek out on improv and how the lessons of improv have like prepared us for life. And it's like two paragraphs in my book. And what I love is in Judy's book, Fear is My Homeboy. Yes, Fear is My Fucking Homeboy. I love that title, you guys. Fear is My Homeboy. She's like, oh, by the way, the subtitles, How to Slay Doubt, Boss Up, and Succeed on Your Own Terms. And she basically tells us how to like really turn fear into fuel. And, and how to leverage the principles of improv to guide our lives and open the door to possibility. And from the, you know, you guys hear me talk about this all the time, the power of the phrase, yes, and. And so we talk about yes, and, and how that turns doubt into direction and creates possibility and momentum and all of the other gifts that improv has given her that really have shaped the rest of her life and everything she's created and this movement that she's leading and the energy that she's putting into the world. And what I love about it is she's not only a high vibe human, and Vibe and Thrive is, is a piece of her empire and the planner she's put out that we talk about that I'm getting one and you guys can get a discount. Um, you're going to want it after you hear her talk about it. Seriously, I'm like, sign me up. I need the help. And what I love is like, she's high vibe and she gives really, really practical tips that will help us break through into possibility and to really reframe how we think about our lives and how weak she calls it, we can be chief energy officer of our own lives, CEO. Sound familiar? Like maybe CEOs and CSOs, chief soul officers could be BFFs. Exactly. And that's what you're going to witness. That's totally it because she totally believes in and preaches and provides really practical tools for us serving ourselves and integrating our lives so that we can show up powerfully in our work, in our relationships, in the movements we're leading and whatever we're doing. And oh my God, I just, I have, I, I hope you guys can hear this in my voice. Like I am buzzing. I'm just buzzing from my conversation with her. It landed really deeply. And, and I'll tell you toward the end, we also talked about, I learned as I went down this, as I call it, the hot pink rabbit hole, everything Judy Holler, gobbling it up. I learned that she's been alcohol free in the recent months since the start of this year, 2021. And I haven't talked a lot about it, but I am three months into my choice to divorce wine. I don't know if it's a forever thing, but right now it, I feel amazing. My hair is growing back and my skin is glowing and I have focus and clarity and energy. And I feel like I'm vibing higher than ever. So we also talk about that because 
Within her Yes And podcast, she has a series called Gin and Juiced. Amanda, who works in her business, I believe she's her COO, they talk about journeys through addiction and sobriety and all of those things. So if that resonates, stick around. It is super inspiring. And it was just helpful for me to say out loud the journey I'm on. And I don't know where it's going, but I love knowing I'm not alone. And I'm really loving finding other people who are experimenting with something similar. So man, this covers the gamut. And if you love I mean, honest to God, if you love Tina Fey and Amy Poehler as much as I do and as much as Judy does, then you're going to love this episode. It's incredible, you guys. So with that, let's dial in to my conversation with CEO, fear boss, all around badass and my new BFF, Judy Holler. Judy, 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 Judy. I feel like you're my soul sister. Can I just call you soul sister? I mean, I'm so here for it. I receive it. And what a compliment coming from you. I mean, we've spent a few minutes kind of catching up before we hit record. And, you know, you're, you're a certified vibe, my dear. So I'll take it. I'll take it. Oh my God. I am like, I'm like, well, that just made this whole conversation worthwhile. I got like the, the hot pink Judy fear boss stamp of approval. Okay. This is already going exactly how I had imagined. I have to tell you. Okay. So I said a little bit of this before we started recording. I have fallen so hard down the hot pink rabbit hole. Everything that is Judy Holler, yes, and House of and Vibe and Thrive, like hit my head hard and I'm all over it. So thank you for just putting your work like loud and proud out into the world. Thank you for that. I really receive it. And it's so rewarding to do work in a way that is so authentically you. For so long, I hid it. I hid the things I loved. I hid, like, hid how loud I wanted to live and how bright I wanted to live and how lit up I wanted to shine. And I, you know, I don't have many regrets in life, and I regret that. And I think the older I get, the more confident I become because I watch myself do hard things and then live to talk about it, which gives me the confidence to keep doing it. That's all I really think confidence is. And so my hot pink and and my light and my energy. I mean, it's me sort of putting my stake in the ground and saying, you know what? Dude, this is it. Like, I I don't know how to be anything other than who I am. And as an improviser, which I'm sure we'll talk about, if I am not having fun, like I'm doing something wrong. And so while we're going to have to do hard things in life, no doubt about it, we've got to go to the dentist. We've got to pay our taxes. Like if we're not pumping the oxygen of fun into our life, around our board tables, into our meetings, into our communications with our clients, like what are, what are we doing? We're just doing business like everybody else. And that's how you stay stuck safe and just the same, you know? Amen, sister. And our souls just die a little bit every day when we're doing that, right? I my So when you read my book, because yeah, we got we to gotta talk about the fact that I'm the orange version of your hot pink girl. So the orange version says, authenticity is the truest form of rebellion. Mm being brave enough to be exactly who 
you are. And that is not easy. So we are so aligned, so aligned there. And you know what's something cool about that, Shelly? And let me click into that for a minute because I don't know if you found this, um, but certainly when I started my business and definitely when I was working in corporate, we have that similar path, right? We oh, yeah. Big we're aligned to a different path of work. Um, I found that the second I started creating content that really came from my heart, that the second I started wearing things that really vibed me up, the second I started talking about the music I listened to and speaking the way I want to speak and, and really being who I am, I attracted, I not only ha- started having more fun, I naturally be able became able to create content with more ease because I wasn't forcing it. I was in flow. But I also, and here's the best part, I started to attract and work with clients who are like, yes, and I want more of that. And so it makes work really fun. Like, it doesn't mean that I haven't had clients that aren't great. And I think you learn from that. Um, But the braver I get in standing in my truth, the braver I get at really being authentic, like you said, the more doors open to the companies and clients and human beings like yourself that literally light me up. And and that's a win-win. A hundred percent. And I love that you call people like you, people like me, our people, fear bosses. It's so fucking awesome. Fear bosses. Yes. Yes. All day. We're the boss, right? Not our fear. And, you know, I love this notion. I mean, I think for the longest time, you know, we've heard dialogue around, you know, I'm fearless and let's get rid of our fear and fuck our fear and all that stuff. And I get it. That's great, right? I mean, I have a magnet right here that says, fuck your fears. And yeah, I get rid of those fears, but I can use them at times. Sometimes it can be a really incredible compass. It can remind me of maybe something, a, a friction in my life or a place that maybe I'm afraid to go because it means growth. And if I grow and change, then, oh my gosh, I'm not the same person. So fear tries to stop that. So while we want to uh, be a fear boss and sometimes say fuck you to fear, what we really want to be thinking about and the idea I, I propose certainly in the book, Fear is My Homeboy, which is titled that way because it's all about making fear your friend, right? It's a playful way to say what a fear boss lives, which is, listen, fear, I see you. You're the shit. Thank you for keeping me safe. Thank you for helping me out when things feel a little sketchy. Thank you for getting me into the doctor and moving my butt into the dentist and doing all these scary things I need to do to keep myself well. But this is my car. And I'm driving it, baby. You can sit in the shotgun. You can fiddle with the radio. You can mess with all the stuff. This is my car. And I'm going to drive it. And and I think that is a shift. So the goal isn't to be fearless. The goal is to fear fear just a little bit less. And that's what makes you brave. I love it. And thank you, Fear. I know you have a quote in your book from Stephen Pressfield, who I love. And anyone who will listen, I recommend The War of Art. I buy it for all my clients all of his stuff and that idea of resistance. By the way, thank you, Fear, for reminding us that we're getting closer to who we're meant to be and what we're meant to do, right? And you address that in your book, which is badass. Oh, yes. Like, if you are afraid, you're probably doing it right. If, and I'll give you a bonus, and this is the improviser me, and this is some of the work we're doing now in the house van. If you can fail, you're doing it right. Because if you can't fail, you might be playing it too safe, right? That that risk uh, opens us up to chance and serendipity, right? And the mindset yeah. of an improviser can put you in the way of it. 
We want to get you in the way of serendipity, in the way of chance, in the way of goosebumps. And the only way you put yourself in the way of magic is by being brave enough to open the fucking door. So yes, get yourself in the game, but then you got to open the door. So I talk about chief soul officers and you talk about chief energy officers. We give ourselves fucking permission, permission over pleasing. And I read like so much of that, like your version of that in the book. Okay, so wait, 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 wait. I gotta like, I talk about this concept of rebel four because it dawned on me as I, I've been a lifelong rebel. And then I realized as I was writing the book, like, oh shit, I've been following this old rebel against James Dean, Harley dudes on motorcycles, like bang your head on this brick wall rebel against is on someone else's terms and it's exhausting. But this concept of rebel for rebelling for leaning in, it's empowering, it's expansive. It's on your terms. It's about rebelling for who you are, what you want and the impact you want to have in the world. And so since, since I had that personal epiphany and then shared it with the world in the orange book, (laughs) the, The uh, my favorite question in the world and the one that actually spawned this podcast is what are you rebelling for? And I love that you just talked about the essence of everything that I read in your book. So let's please say it out loud and then let's start to unpack it. What are you rebelling for, Judy Holler? Love this question. You know, I love... One of my favorite things about the improv mindset and the work we're doing in our community is we inspire breakthrough moments by pairing two things that normally don't go together, which is discomfort and joy. In itself, improv is a huge, massive act of discomfort. It is so uncomfortable. But once you break through that, you receive joy and confidence that you can't even imagine. And it sets you up with a mindset that will last for life because life is improv. You're not pivoting, you're improvising always. So what you have just done is you have done that for yourself. You have taken um, an idea in our world, be a rebel, be a rebel. And all these companies, Levi's, Harley, like all the companies, any beer company like that you just named, you've taken what we're used to a rebel meaning, like going against the grain friction, maybe even a little negativity at time and flipped it and said, okay, how can we use that same passion and drive and energy and make it for something? So I am so for congrats. And I am so here for it. And I'm obsessed. So Wow. I love that. So I am a rebel for possibility and I am a rebel for serendipity. I want to put you in the way of chance and the way we do that. You know, I'm also a rebel for break breakthrough moments, which is chance and serendipity sort of meeting each other at this intersection of what's next. So yeah, yeah I, I'm a, I'm a rebel for, 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 for possibility for what's on the other side of the door. And I know that every time you're brave enough to open it, you're brave enough to open that door. You say yes, you get yourself in the game because you can say yes and still be complacent. Like improv is all about yes. And, and that's great. But we highlight the and. The and is the door and the yes yes is the doormat. So get yourself on the doormat. Stand in front of the door. Sure, 
but nothing's going to happen if you're not brave enough to open it. And, and is you opening the door. So I am a rebel for that, that moment, that moment you open the door, uh, because what's on the other side of it is possibility. Oh girl, I have like head to toe goosebumps and I love this. So I will, so somewhere as I was falling down the hot pink rabbit hole, I wrote down this quote. And I feel like it will keep opening the door further to hear a little bit more of your story and what led you on this journey and the improv history amongst all of the history that we share that we're now discovering. I love this quote from you. When the world keeps shutting the doors on you, open the fucking window. (laughs) Jump your ass out the window, baby. Find a way, find a way. Yeah. And I was like, you're right, right? Like open the door knock on it again, bang it down, find a different door or jump through the window, but seize that, right? Because fear tells us not to do any of that. And I love that's what you talk about. So how did you, how did you come to embrace all of this? Like, let's dive into your journey. Uh, Thank you for that. I am a, I am a a forever student, you know, as much as someone once said to me, if you want to know what the people you read and follow and love um, are struggling with, go read what they write and go listen to what they record and, and see what they post. So, you know, I'm walking through, um, you know, like everyone, deep anxiety and deep self-doubt and impossible syndrome and uh, procrastination and woo, per- perfectionism is a big one for me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this notion of you know having control and this is why improv was so great for me. It, it taught me to um, trust in the ensemble and in, in, in what's meant to be. So, you know, I, I guess, you know, if I look at the algorithm of my life, um, there have been, now that I'm awake to the work, there have been uh, and moments door opening moments throughout my life and 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 is you opening the door to possibility but it's also you putting yourself in the way of serendipity by adding something new right so if you're in a rut creatively you're in a rut in your business you're in a rut in your relationship you know the only way to really mix anything up is to add something new and this will ultimately allow you to become um innovative and 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 have some really nice uh, it, to iterate and to be a little have some ingenuity, right? So we want all of this and we want to win, but most of the time we're not willing to do the work and add the things we need to do to mix things up. So, you know, I take even some of my earliest examples, like, you know, I was a career bartender before I really got into corporate. So, you know, waiting tables, all that stuff from a young age, hostess. I mean, I got my, I'm from St. Louis and I, you know, I think we legally, and I'm, I'm a nineties girl, graduated high school, 19. 19- Okay. So like at that time when I was 13, like you could legally get a worker's permit. And I remember my mom's like, all right, let's get to work. And so I started like working at restaurants and stuff like that in delis and whatever. Um, so I worked my way up, got into the bartending industry. Cause when I was graduating college, it was like December 11th or sorry, not December 11th, 2011 or sorry. Oh yeah. Edit, edit, 2001. Edit. Yeah. <laughs> 9-11. Oh my God. It's the afternoon here on the No East mistakes, Coast. only gifts. We're leaving it in, girl. Leave <laughs> that shit in. One of the 11. So yeah, it was 9-11. Oh. And I had graduated. And so you can imagine the world was sort of frozen and people weren't hiring. So um, I ran the bartending game for a while. And I remember even as a bartender, I, I really... And I'll write about this. I, I put a little bit of it in fear as my homeboy, but I'll, I'll, I'll dig into this more in, in the next iteration of the work. But like, 
I remember that being my first taste of entrepreneurship because I thought, holy cow. First of all, I've got, I knew I had some energy and I knew I loved service, like being a service. And like, I was really attentive and I, I had some hustle and I was, you know, fast, right? Certainly as a bartender, I could make things fast and I would spin the drinks around. I was really good, right? And I started to realize like I built up a crowd and, and regulars, what they call them, right? And I was like, oh my mm. God, these, these people are like here to see me. I was getting invited to like retirement parties and graduations and all the shit. And I was like, dude, this is like a business. And if I can up my game, let's play a game. So this is what I did with myself. I added something new. I'm like, I'm going to focus on being like the most high vibe, high level customer service bartender in the city of St. Louis at this like Soulard area. And I just, I mean, I would have a packed bar every Friday night. I mean, we would have like, and it was such a lucrative role for me that it became hard to quit when I did get the corporate job. But I share that small example with you that you can use this idea of adding something new. Maybe you are a teacher and you decide, you know, here's how I'm going to be the best blank in this school. And you will watch how that will continue to open up door after door after door after door because you're going all in on your superpower. And I knew that my superpower was and has always been my energy. So I used that. I didn't use people. I used that as a gift, right? To light up a room, to earn money, to eventually start a business, to walk into an improv classroom, to go for promotions at work, to ask guys out, to whatever those moments may be in my life uh, where courage was required. It really began from a deep sense of self-love, self-trust, and betting on my strength. And Mm. and that's the card I'm going to play. So yeah, I mean, I come from um, a hospitality background and have worked my all the way myself all the way up to entrepreneur. And in every single thing that I touch, it has the lens of, you know, am I adding something new on the regular? And um, am I making sure that I am using my superpower wisely? Because if I'm not, then I'm playing the wrong game. I, okay. I love you talk about superpower and embracing our superpowers in your book. And I love that you talk about your, your energy being your superpower, because even recently, like in the past five years, since I left Harley, since I left my big corporate role, remember in a coaching community, they were like, everybody's going to do a brilliant session on their zone of genius. And I like literally went under my desk, curled in the fetal position and put my thumb in my mouth. So I'm like, I don't know what the fuck my zone of genius is. Like, what's my genius? Cause I couldn't answer the question. Like, what is just so easy that it's like breathing or swimming in the water or whatever. And one day I was like, oh my God, it's my energy. People feel me before I walk in a room. People feel me and feel you across, you know, across the ethernets and the webs and all of the things, right? And so the power of that, as soon as I realize it, exactly as you said, I'm like, Oh, okay. I don't have to be like perfect at that thing or amazing at that thing or try to be somebody else. I'm not Oprah. I'm Shelly Paxton and I light up a motherfucking room. And hearing you say that, I was like, oh my God, you just gave me permission to be owning this thing. Oh, thank you. 100%. You're so welcome. And I think if you're listening to this right now um, and you're like, well, okay, Shelly's got the energy. Judy's got the energy. Like, what's my superpower? I'm not anybody special. I'm not on a podcast. I don't have a book. I didn't have a big career with Harley. Like, oh my God. 
here's what you can do right here, right now. Start listening to, you got to listen and start collecting data and, and collect what people say the most about you. You know, that thing that people are constantly telling you like, oh my God, you're the best listener. You're the best storyteller. Oh my God. I love your energy. Oh my God. You light up this room. Oh my God. You're so generous. Oh my God. You make me feel so empowered. Whatever it is, start listening because people are going to tell you what it is about you that you may not even see. And you'll hear it time and time again. Another exercise that I ran early on when I started my business, maybe like seven years ago, before I really started is I sent an email to, uh, I think it was like 10 of my clients, people in like businessy relationships with me and then 10 like besties. And it was super uncomfortable. She had to be like, Hey guys, I'm conducting some research for a thing. I'm doing, And just say, Hey, what would you consider to be my top three qualities or my biggest strengths? And you will get, you will find patterns and you will find themes. So if you are having a hard time finding it in yourself, go get it from the people that you trust. And it's going to require a little vulnerability because you have to put yourself out there. But I tell you, anytime someone I love sends something like that to me, I'm like, hell yes, sister, how can I help? Right? So go collect data, do a lot of listening, but it's you usually that thing that you hear time and time and time again about yourself. So once you realize what that is, how can you stack the deck in your favor, right? Yeah. By by really going in on that. And like you said, Shelly, hire and outsource around, around that. Yeah. Cause that's your secret sauce, right? Then you can go great. I know the secret sauce I'm putting in. I know what I want to spend more time doing. I want to get into like how you manage your calendar and all of that so that you can really show up as bright as you show up. But first, before we jump into the book, how did you end up knocking on the door of Second City? Can we talk about, can we talk about like opening that door of possibility that has truly inspired everything you talk about? So I would love to hear that story and share it with our rebel souls. Oh, I love that you asked. And so it's one of my signature stories. It's a story. I have a a signature keynote called Everyday Improviser. And it's my main keynote right now. We're working on a new talk um, all about the transformational power band, which is really exciting. But um, one of my, and it is really aligned with this opening the door mindset because opening the door to that improv classroom changed everything. So the story that I tell from the keynote stage, here's a, a modified version of it. So, um, What a lot of people don't know is that when I signed up for improv classes the very first time at Second City in Chicago, very famous improv theater, signed up for the basic classes like that anybody can go take, right? Um, I, I didn't go. I quit. I paid and second city makes you pay the whole fee, like the whole semester in advance. Cause you know, dropouts, people getting scared, whatever. And they're second city. Like I was going to say, and you know, demand reputation (laughs) second city. You want to be here. You get a spot in this class. You better show up. So I get all the way there. Like I'm living in old town. I walk all the way to, you know, I'm living in Lincoln park, walk all the way to old town where the training center is. And I mean, I literally walk into the building upstairs, down the hallway, stay in front of the classroom door. And I never went in. And I remember vividly people asking me, like teachers, probably if I was lost, they're like, oh, I'm sorry, can we help you? Are you in the wrong place? Like, oh, my bad. Like, lied. Oh, I'm supposed to be at the Starbucks, yeah. Chipotle, like, lied is so bad, ran out of there with my tails between my knees. I was so scared. My big fear at that time, I was 
30 years old when I took my first ever improv class. Okay. You know, I, my big fear at the time was that I was too old, right? Uh, that everybody was going to make fun of me and that I had missed my chance and sort of all this stuff. And it took me, and I think so many people can relate to that, right? We, we yes. cut so short, we quit on ourselves, we miss opportunities. And I'm like, wouldn't it be great if we could stop freaking doing that? Like if we could stop allowing fear to make our decisions. So I go on to share that it took me about oh, almost two years to go back. Uh, but I re-signed up for the improv classes. I paid the fee, the full fee, the non-refundable fee once again for the entire semester. I left my apartment in Lincoln Park. I walked all the way back to the training facility. I walked back into the building, up the stairs, down the hallway, once again stood in front of that classroom door, but this time I opened it. And what I didn't realize at the time is that I was quite literally opening the door to the rest of my life. And when I'm on stage, I put up a photo uh, of my very first improv ensemble. And I highlight two people. The first person I saw when I walked into that second city classroom is a woman named Shelly, who at the time was like early fifties, university of Chicago professor taking improv to like connect with their students and think on her feet in the classroom. And then there was a guy named Frank and he's in the back of the picture sales guy, mid fifties, taking improv to become a more confident presenter. And, and here I was waiting for almost two years. So that moment reminds me, and this is why I love what we're doing in the house of and opening the door to possibility that if you want anything to happen in your life, you can say yes all day long. Yes. I signed up for the improv class. But when my life changed was when I opened the fucking door and I was brave enough to sit in the chair and receive the gifts that were to be given to me. I put myself into the divine path of serendipity and chance because I remixed it. I did something different and I, I trusted myself enough to do that. So that's how I got to Second City. That's how I opened the door literally. And to this transformed everything. It transformed everything. Yeah. So I kept ending it. Great. Now what's next? Now what's next? Now what's next? I remember, I remember begging my boss. Uh, I was on a sales team at the time and I was like begging my boss. I'm like, can I leave the, the sales meeting? The next sales meeting, the next sales meeting. Cause I want to teach the ideas I'm learning. And then that became like go, doing conferences for, you know, speaking for free for years, just sharing ideas from improv, which turned into a blog, which turned into a community, which turned into paid speeches, which turned into a book, which turned into my gosh, a, a, a career. A podcast and a career. Insane. So that's how powerful it can be when you love yourself, you trust yourself, and you're brave enough to fuck it up. Like, I'm just not afraid to fail anymore. And, and, and that's, that's a gift, you know? And, and in the improv, we talk about no mistakes, only gifts. And I think if you're failing, you're doing, if you could fail, you're doing it right. If you're afraid, you're probably on the right path. Yes, yes, yes. We're going to keep saying that too, the entire time. <laughs> so, I didn't spend as much time at Second City as you did, but I have the honor to have spent a couple of years. And as I was telling you on the side, went off with a little tiny improv group called the Oxymorons. We oh. performed in Lincoln Park on Saturday night, probably for pennies. I don't even remember. And I have a couple paragraphs in my book about the impact that improv has had on my entire life. Like I recognize, like I thank Tina Fey and Amy Poehler for being like my, my patron saints 
Same, same. One of my big jokes is I always say, like, people are like, so what's Judy like? I'm like, okay, it's basically like if Dr. Dre and Amy Poehler had a baby, uh, that's your girl. Like, it couldn't be. Yes. Yeah, like, all hail Tina, all hail. And by the way, Maya Rudolph, like, no. I, she gets, I mean, she is so incredible um she's so incredible her timing's like insane but yeah those women were oh yeah we could just like keep spewing them Kristen Wiig and like uh, all the ladies right oh my god oh yeah I know if we go further back in history like the original badasses like the OG badasses for sure you know what's really interesting so just side note and then we've got to come back to um more things you learned from improv because they're so beautifully like they are the threads like if there's a hot pink thread through your book it is all of these gorgeous lessons that improv taught you that have shaped your life and that have now shaped your work in the world right you're sitting in front of for anybody who's seen this in video you're sitting in front of your yes and sign and you have called your podcast that okay I'm getting ahead of myself but you and I have so many of the same, not even just sheroes, but a lot of them are sheroes. Like just, I mean, Marie Forleo and Brene Brown and Oprah and all of these funny women that we just mentioned. Like, so I have to say that was what also made me feel like you were such a kindred soul and kindred spirit. I was like, well, I know who I want at my dinner party. Yeah. I got on the list. I'm on the list. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. And we're going to find a way to get them too. So, okay. So let's, let's talk about the badassery of like, so you open that door two years later, you walk through that door, you see like, Oh fuck, I'm not alone. And I'm not the oldest person here. And what the fuck was I so scared of? And then you proceed, like you get the gift of no mistakes, only gifts. Like, talk to us about some of these lessons that keep coming back again and again and shape how you live your life and how you are really leading a movement, woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're a rebel for that movement, no doubt about it. Um, so I think the biggest lessons are so many, but the ones that serve me time and time again is number one, the reminder that life is improv. None of us wake up with a script. Every day we are improvising. We're not pivoting, we're improvising, right? And and we can have a to-do list and some goals and some plans and some things we want to get done, right? I'm really into efficiency and high-performance habits, but I'm also an improviser. And I think one of the misnomers about the improv theater is that people assume we're just like, roll with it, baby. Like, let's just roll with it. I'm going to show up to the presentation and wing that shit. Hell no. True improvisers are some of the most prepared, flexible people you'll ever meet in your entire life. So I prepare like a boss for any keynote speech for uh, a presentation today. I bring my A game. I'm in the game. I'm leaning in. I'm with you. I'm not winging this shit. I've done my work on you. I've read a little bit. You know, I'm, I didn't just show up to wing this because I respect you and I respect your audience. However, if tech goes wrong and the dogs bark and shit goes down or I blank out on what I'm saying, I'm not going to lose my mind. I'm not going to freak out. Because no mistakes, only gifts. So that's lesson number two. Life is improv. You're never in control. But what you can control is how you show up. So I can control me, but I can't control other people. Number two, no mistakes, only gifts, right? And if you can fail, you're probably doing it, right? Number three, um, there's a lot of power. And this is an Amy Poehler quote. I believe, you know, Google, who knows who really said things, but I believe it was an 
Poehler. Um, like these days, you're like, I don't know who said it, but I think it was Amy Poehler. Um, uh, Amy Poehler or Aristotle. I'm not yeah. sure. <laughs> right. Someone very old timey and fancy or Amy Poehler. So Amy Poehler uh, is famously known to say like, and this is number three, um, there is so much power in looking silly and not caring that you do. And I think so much, so many of us are afraid to start. And we're afraid to be small with the first follower and one like in the first video and the, oh my God, my podcast only has a few thousand downloads, but you never get to the downloads you want if you're not starting with episode number one, right? What, you know, we get so focused on what we don't have that we lose touch with what we do have. And I think that's Amen. to destroy your, 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 you can destroy your business. You can destroy what you're creating because you're losing sight of what you've already got. There's people that are like, hi, I'm here. And so yeah. I'm just not afraid to look silly. Um, and I'm not afraid to try things and I'm not afraid to fail. And then of course, I think the biggest is the two words that are behind me, but the word I want to highlight, uh, which is really the unlock to everything is and, the ampersand, that and moment. So yes, sand is what we use on an improv stage uh, to quickly agree, see the other player and add a layer to the scene, right? And so it's us moving things forward. It's momentum, it's support, it's energy, it's heightening, it's playing, it's exploring. And that's what life is all about. We have to keep moving. You're going to lose people you love. People are going to die. You're going to, people are going to leave you. Uh, people are going to disappoint you. People are going to lie to you. Companies could furlough you. Pandemics could freaking happen. But the one control and all of those scenarios is you, right? And how you show up really matters and we have to keep moving. We have, I've got the story. I have to tell you the story. So, um, cause there are people listening that, you know, okay, easy for her to say, she's an improviser. She's running her own business. Oh, yay. Good for her. It's, it comes natural for her. Let, let's have a conversation about perspective. So my best friend, Jody, um, lost her first daughter 11 years ago. And if you are a parent uh, listening to this or, you know, my gosh, have anybody you love, you can imagine. I was just going to say my heart breaks just, yeah. Okay. That kind of loss. So Olivia would have been 11 years old this year. So it was a few months after that loss and um, she's on the floor of her closet, as you can imagine, like crying, depressed, having a hard time moving through life. And her amazing husband, Adam swoops into the closet and, and sort of picks her up off the floor and he, grabs her by her shoulders. And he says, Joe, we have a decision to make. We can either be the parents who lost Olivia or we can choose to be Olivia's parents. And it was in that moment that Jody began to live her life for her. So are you going to allow things to happen to you or are you going to go happen to them? And as I told, told you that story, like, I have goosebumps all over my body, which means right here. And it means that's that, that story and Jody, like I just, I adore her. She is one of the brightest, most loving, fun, high vibe human beings you'll ever meet. She's got two boys and a great family and they still celebrate Olivia's birthday. And she went on and her doing that is honoring the memory. So is this pandemic happening to you or you can go happen to it? right? Is life happening to you or are we happening to it? And this is very aligned with what are you a rebel for, right? Uh, And so that, that is possibility and perspective. Mm. I think that's, that has been illuminated for me, not only really clearly throughout the pandemic, but definitely uh, in my time in the improv theater, realizing that I, I have a choice in this. I'm not a puppet. I'm not a puppet. I have a choice and bad shit's going to happen to me. Um, but I'm going to be, a, I'm going to be a badass. I'm not going to be a victim and I'm going to figure it out. 
Amen. You're going to be a fear boss because yeah. that's a badass. And I love like, okay, I just, I want to, first of all, that story, I still have chills from head to toe. Thank you for sharing that story. It's really, really profound. It's like, I could never, I, I could never even pretend to imagine what that feels like. And yet I understand so deeply that lesson and how to think about it in our own lives and the beauty the many layers of beauty and what you shared is like improv also teaches us momentum. Mm. And you say this in the book, right? And that's actually what was also woven into that story. It's like when we, we can just sit and we can feel victim and we can stay in that suffering. That's a choice. Or we can say, I'm going to take that tiny step forward. I'm going to get into action. And that's what we're taught in improv, right? You say this in the book, right? The next thing, not the best thing. Don't overthink it. Just fucking get into motion and do the next thing. Put one brick. Like talk about that. Cause that to me is so powerful to get the universe moving in our favor, right? Yeah, movement is everything. Listen, it is okay to be sad. It is okay to have anxiety. It is okay to be afraid. Uh, you can feel all of those things. What you cannot do is be it. You may feel fear, but you aren't fear. You may feel depressed, but you aren't depression, right? You may feel anxious, but you aren't anxiety. And I think that was a shift for me. So I allow myself to feel the things I need to feel and to go through what I need to go through. I mean, Jody got herself. The only way Jody got up was that she was down to begin with. Right. And it was that moment that that is the gift of the dance, right? This dance that life presents us with. Right. And so, um, I'm always thinking about the fact that I'm allowed to feel all the things. I just can't stay in it and I can't be it. I can't define myself as it. I mean, one of the things that comes up for me a lot is constant, like, well, I definitely struggle with some perfectionism stuff like, oh man. And I'm, um, uh, I'm an overthinker. I am like a very bad overthinker. Um, I overthink everything to the point where I will redo things 25 times. And it's just so stupid and it's fear-based and, and I should know better because I'm an improviser, right? I know that you've got to get the first draft out. It's about how many watermelons can you get on the cart? One's going to fall here or there, but you got to move. And so back to momentum, it's, this notion of allowing yourself to feel the things, but also being brave enough to let go of what you can't control. Because what we need to do, certainly in entrepreneurship, anytime you're putting a book out, uh, content out, I mean, you think about your book and my book. I'm looking at your book behind you right now, and I've got my book right here. The only way this little baby is sitting next to me is because I was a brave to put, I was brave enough to put so many shitty first drafts out into the world. Like, Meaning bad talks, bad blog posts. I, I, I invite anyone to go into my Instagram and scroll back into the archives. You'll see one like, two likes, the dumbest stories, the worst outfits. But I only got to where I'm at today by being brave enough to, you know, kind of suck and, and go play and improvise. And I think companies get it wrong because companies are so worried about winning. People want to win. Really, we should be focused on play because the more you play, the more you open up what's really meant for you, the more you put yourself kind of in the, the path of, of chance and yeah. So feel things, but don't be that, right? Don't be them. You, you know, you may have a cold, but you are sickness. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that, that's a different mindset. 
it's a beautiful mindset. I think there's, there's so much power in that because it's choice, right? This is choice and this is shifting how we think about it. And speaking of that, I want to make sure. So one of the things you mentioned it, high performance habits. One of the things I was blown away by in the book is not only like, have you really talked about how all of these lessons of improv can shape how we live these more fulfilling, just full, self-expressed, authentic, courageous lives. And, and it's also, and it's also, you have so many practical tips. I want to talk about how you as chief energy officer of your life, show up because I know that it's not easy to show up as CEO or CSO, chief soul officer, if you're really not caring for yourself. And if you aren't living aligned to your values and upholding your boundaries and really protecting your energy. And you have some beautiful ways of like, keeping yourself in that space from what I can tell. And I have to say, so the two that come to mind right now, and let's see where this goes. One is your power statements. Holy mother of God, we need to talk about those. And then I want to talk about your mornings. Like, or not even, let's just talk about how you shape your day because you inspired me. And I will tell you what you got me thinking about when we dive into the the conversation, but like those two things and anything else you want to share, those rocked my world. And so I thought, oh, other rebel souls must know. This is a must know. It's like must see TV, but must know, must know information. You know, like from the eighties and like the star goes. Totally. Yes. The more, you know. Okay. Yeah. So I am, um, obsessed. And I have been for a really long time with high performance habits and goal-focused planners and, and all the supplies. Oh my God. I love supplies. I love washi tape. I love markers, erasable, everything and stickers. Like I'm 10 and, but I love it. And I own it. Are you about to Please tell me. So I have my orange post-its. Please tell me you have your hot pink ones. I do. I have all the colors, but I have hot pink post-its, of course. So I have always loved tools that allow me to um, organize the chaos in my brain because there's a lot that goes on up here. Uh, And I also know that none of it's going to work if I don't work. So how do I put together a practice that sort of blends my my mental health and my mental wealth um, with the high performance habits that are going to bring my business and our projects through to the finish line. So you'll read about it in, in my book, Fears My Homeboy, uh, that one of the tools that got me to really fall in love with goal-focused planning is a, is a tool called the Volt Planner by a company called Ink and Volt. And I used that planner, oh my God, for five years. I still have them here in my office. And I loved that process so much that I wanted to create something of my own. So Shelly, I'll send you one when we, um, I, I will get your address, but I'm going to send you one. So this will all be aligned. So I ended up during the pin pandemic because I mean, I work as a keynote speaker. I'm never home. Like I was on the road all the time and I'm like, when am I going to ever even, we ended, we created a workbook, which is great. But the big project I put my heart into, um, which, you know, of course was aligned with the house of Anne that we're building but it all began with the Vibe and Thrive Planner. So we built a goal-focused planner, like literally a 90-day planner because the one I was using was a year and it didn't have daily like detail pages. And I wanted that, but I also wanted mental health prompts uh, daily. Uh, specifically, I am power statements every morning because they have changed my life so much. So my routine, you asked me what my routine is and it encompasses 
the I Am Power Statements. It is my Vibe and Thrive Planner. We actually teach a Vibe and Thrive Mindset Masterclass every January. Um, we're going to put some on-demand programming. We're opening up a, a mentorship and an illumination academy so this community can grow and learn more about mindset and high-performance habits. But one of my favorite things about this tool is, number one, it's 90 days because life is changing way too fast. And while I have goals for the year, of course, none of that matters if I'm not moving things forward month by month, week by week. So we go small or go, we go small, we go big and we simplify to amplify. And I think a lot and you of people, go deep, it sounds like. We go deep. <sighs> and I think people freak out because they're like, oh no, I'm going to be missing out on something. No, baby, you're not missing anything. You're making it stronger, right? You're getting really focused. So my favorite thing in the entire planner is our daily, we call them our daily pages. So you'll open the planner and then there'll be like prompts, right? Like you'll get, we'll do a vibe check and you can kind of like write or dream or write yourself a letter or do a vision board, whatever you want to do. It's for a quarter, it's undated. And then there's some like deep thinking exercises. And then there's like a monthly spread where you can write things out for the month. People meal plan, schedule their workouts, map out their social media, whatever you want to do. Then there's a weekly spread that allows you to like line out your priorities for the week. And then there's the daily pages and it's a two page spread and it, it, it is mental health prompts with time blocking. So you're taking the priorities that you've aligned with your big goals and the first goal you want to move into the quarter, first couple goals you want to move into the quarter, and you're taking those weekly priorities and, and starting to deploy against them every day. And one of the first things I have you do every day, every freaking day is 10 I am power statements. And these are, it's like a, your declaration of independence, right? It's your rebel declaration. It's your fear boss declaration, right? It is your vibe. We call it the morning vibe check. And so it is you saying 10 things to yourself every day that you either believe to be true about yourself or that you so wish to be true. So, you know, some of them, so I'll give you some examples and I'll tell you why this matters. So some of my regularly scheduled I am power statements are things like I am health. I am wealth. I am abundance. I am on Good Morning America. I am a New York Times bestselling author. I am a top 50 podcaster. I am a multi-million dollar entrepreneur. Yes. So may or may not be true yet, but if we are not brave enough to dream big, we won't even get close, right? So you have to be talking. Your subconscious mind is the director of the show. Something Jessica Zweig, our mutual friend, says all the time uh, is that, you know, words are wands, right? This notion of like, be careful what you say because you'll get it. And don't, never forget like how power, Kelly, Kelly Tennant, you know, who we both know said this to me on my podcast. So the one you'll listen to the other, the one we just did the other day, like be careful. Like, cause I was, we were off the air and I was sharing some things with her when we think of I am statements, I was saying some things that were a little bit limiting, right? I was nervous about some things that were out of my control. Again, I struggled with what everybody else struggles with. This is why I do the practice. This is why I vibe and thrive. This is why I write the 10 I am power statements. This is why I do the work every day so that I can show up for myself. But she was saying, never forget how powerful you are. Cause look at everything you've just given, brought to yourself through you know, serendipity and putting yourself in, in the place of, of chance and opportunity and manifestation. Like you've you've built this for yourself. So be careful what you say, because you're going to give it to yourself. And it was just a great reminder. Is like, she's like, never forget how powerful you are. And I remember like, it gave me this like extra pep in myself. I'm like, 
I am powerful. I'm like a magician. Look at what I've done. I've created this through hard work, through belief, through self-love, right? All of that together. And that practice, that I am power statement practice keeps me on the path and keeps me in check, especially in the dark days and the hard times. A hundred percent. And I love this concept of remix. I've heard you say this a couple of times. Again, as I was like, you know, careening down the pink rabbit hole, I was like, oh my God, I love this concept because I think the voice in so many of our heads, one of the voices is like, well, who am I to write that book? Who am I to say that thing? Everybody else, you know, you know, Judy's already doing this and it's hot pink and it's badass and it's fear boss. So why should I write Soulbatical and do my thing and color it orange? And the, re- and the reality is I'm saying it different than you are. And my people, the rebel soul community are gravitating to my light and my expression and my remixing of everything that I've taken in. And I hadn't thought about it in those terms. When I heard you say that, I was like, ding, ding, ding. Like we all need to own that. That's why you need to tell your story. That's why you need to put yourself out there. Oh yeah. I love that you brought that up. I mean, your real job, I mean, we're all DJs. That's what you do. You're a DJ. Every day you are remixing things because what makes it original is you and your perspective. I mean, think of how many books there are about fear and managing fear and dealing with fear and courage and improv, but no one is doing it my way. No one uh, has my swagger, my style, my vibe, my dialect, my life, right? And that's what makes it original. And then, then I go out and find and meet people like yourself. And I introduce those energies and those vibrations and that light into my community. And it just cracks it open even more. And so, um, but we have to first begin by being brave enough to be ourselves and realizing that it's your, I mean, liking it to a restaurant, you think of your favorite restaurant. I think of my favorite Tex-Mex, like I love a good white queso dip, a good white queso cheese dip. Okay. Um, I think of my favorite Mexican restaurant. Think of how many Mexican restaurants there are. They have white oh my cheese. God. Especially in Chicago. If that Mexican restaurant wasn't open, I would be devastated because no one does it his way. No one has his style, his swagger, his recipe. You think of your favorite pizza place. You know how many pizza places there? What if Snoop Dogg decided there were too many rappers? What if Beyonce was like, oh, I'm not going to be a soul singer. There's too many. We would have no Beyonce. Do you get what I'm saying? We have to realize. I mean, I opened my book. I don't want to live in that world. I don't want to live in that world. Like, what if? What if? And I don't want to live in that world. So, um, yeah, it's you're you're a DJ, and your job is to remix the things, the stories, and the things that inspire you, and 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 to really think in metaphor. Like, I'm always thinking. I have my head on a swivel. Like, things will happen to me, and I'm like, how can I use this to teach? Like, how is this a story? How is this a lesson? Because if it's moved me, it's going to move somebody else. So that's the real work. That's the real job right? Uh, Putting your spin on, on everyday stuff. Oh, I love it. I love it. So two more things, right? I, I, I know like, I want to talk to you all day long. So I'm fighting with myself. I know literally in this moment, I'm like, I don't want to end this. I don't want to end this. Like I'm having my girl boss crush at the moment. I swear to God, I'm just like, oh my God, this woman has created everything I've been imagining. And now I know what my power statements are. And like, you're, you, you really like, you're a mentor for me and the journey I'm on too. And I'm grateful for that. And for this conversation and 
God, I hope everybody, you know, all our peeps who are listening to this, you guys, I hope you're pulling some juicy, juicy hot pink nuggets out of this too, because it's incredible. You talk so elegantly about like how you protect your energy and how you think about your schedule. And I think you even say like my million dollar mornings, right? Like this is like you're, and I have been sitting here. I literally have one of my orange things that is like me trying to figure out my fucking schedule in a way that is aligned with my creativity and my energy and all the things. Oh, no surprise. Thank you universe that Judy Holler shows up and this book shows up at exactly the time when I'm trying to figure this out. So I'm same as you just said, if I'm struggling with this, the rebel soul community is likely struggling with this. So what you got? What are a couple tips? How do you think about it for you? Yeah. Well, I mean, this is why we created the Vibe and Drive Planner. So I would say number one, I mean, we're, I'm sending you one of those and I can't wait for you to spin through it and really make it your own and, and find a way to use the tools in that planner to help you stay focused on your work and yourself. I think one of the most practical things, and this is through running the course a couple of times, we, we taught a live, we teach a live course and it's closed right now, but through bringing some people through the course, we brought hundreds of women and men through it. Um, one of the things that I think is has been one of the biggest, well, there's been two big awakenings. Number one, um, you have to remember that your goals are your boundaries. And the only way you're going to get anything done is by using your goals when we're saying yes to things and no's. The, you know, is this aligned with, you know, people are like, how do we know what to say no to? How do I know what to say yes to? Well, tell me what your goals are and I'll tell you what you need to say no and yes to. And we also have to be brave enough to say no, right? And to realize that every time I say no, it's not only an act of self-love for yourself and the person you're saying no to, because you don't want to be with someone who's wasting your time, right? You know, those people who are checked out, they don't want to be there. So don't be that person. Say no and give us, do us all a favor. Uh, but you're also honoring your boundaries. You know, saying no to something else is a, is a huge yes to yourself. So I think that was like big awakening, number one, because it was my biggest awakening that goals are boundaries. Number two, um, we had uh, one of our star students, she's incredible. Her name's Joe Dodd. Uh, and she writes children's books and she's just so badass and so cool. And um, she's British and just got the swagger and she's so cool. And she has four boys and a husband. Okay. And they're all bigger boys, like older boys, right? I think her oldest is like 25 and whatever, like maybe 10. So, I mean, she is crazy. She's busy. I can't even imagine her life, right? She quit her job, like, chase her dream of like writing books. And once she started Vibe and Thrive Planning, like when you think of routines and scheduling your priorities and really thinking of your goals as boundaries, she realized, because what we, we ask you to do, and this is a big practical tip, most of us keep our personal calendar separate. From oh. calendar. Yes. Work-life balance is bullshit. It's, it's one life. It's one life. And if you're stressed out, it's so she's like, once I took like the whiteboard soccer calendar shit, we got to do with the house calendar. And I vibed it with my vibe drive planner. I realized, well, oh my God, well, no wonder I have no fucking time to do anything. Like, and so she started realizing, she goes, all right, we're going to DJ out laundry to son number one. We're going to have son number two do this. I'm going to talk to my husband about this because I need these hours to write. And she started realizing how limited you only have amount of hours in the day. So that is an awakening using goals as boundaries, but blending personal. And you start to realize once you get all your personal shit in there, you really don't have a ton of time left. So yeah. are you being thoughtful about how 
you're scheduling yourself. It's about, it's not about having, a. it doesn't matter what planner you use. It's about, are you making, where are you in your day? Where are you on your list? Where are you in your planner, right? We could spend our entire life chasing around everybody else's priorities, which, oh, by the way, that's what email is. Doesn't mean we don't look at email, but email is everybody else's priorities. So social media. So, you know. 100%. I'm the boss of of this business. Listen, there's Judy, the human, uh, Judy, the voice and the brand, and then Judy, the CEO. And Judy, the CEO, and Judy, the voice and the brand works for Judy, the human. Always. And think of yourself that way too. You're going to have yourself, you know, take the three things that make up your life, whatever that trifecta is, and realize that that human has to come first because none of it works if you don't work. And we have to stop feeling so fucking guilty about that. And I think women, oh, we do this work. Especially as women. And I know this is when they set boundaries, we shame them. We got to stop that shit. Yeah. Stop it. Congratulate them for setting a boundary. Learn from them. Take some notes. Yeah. Amen. This is you, you just beautifully, beautifully described what I call a chief soul officer. And I encourage everybody. I'm like, I manufactured that title because once upon a time, I was afraid to live without a big, sexy title. And then little did I know that it reminded me of my responsibility to live true to myself, to serve myself so I can serve others and serve my mission and show up vibing and thriving. Boom. That's it. That's it. Right. And now you've put some real structure around that. So I can't wait to dive into it. And I wanted to thank you too, for this concept of like, I really started after reading your book and especially that kind of calendaring section. And how do we think about how we manage our time and integrate our lives? I'm like, you know what? I am most creative in the morning. Why on earth would I be filling my mornings with anything other than right? Yeah. my writing time? And why on earth, you know, right. And I'm like, I don't want to work five days a week. So your freestyle Fridays, giving ourselves a cushion, all of this. So I could go on. I just want to say to everybody in this community must read the book, must buy the vibe and thrive planner because already literally my, I call my assistant, my rebel wing woman, my rebel wing woman has gotten so many notes from me. I'm like, okay, so what Judy said in her book is, and so this is how I want to think about, so you've just given me and I'll find my own remix of it, but it's, it's really, it's really beautiful. And the, the, so the last, oh, go ahead. I'll say really quick, um, and you can put this in the show notes. Let's give everybody 10% off of stuff. So if you go shopping, oh. and there's like planners, stickers, workbooks, all kinds of stuff, you can use welcome, welcome, welcome. That's the promo code, like welcome to the house of and, uh, but yeah, we're going to be adding stuff all the time, but definitely use that code welcome and you'll get a discount. So if that helps you out a little bit, at least. Oh my God. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. On behalf of everyone who I know will be taking advantage of that. And I, I have to say, so again, on kind of the you know, on, on, um, seeing myself in you and the path I'm on and my business partner, and I have t- like sat down. And when I've heard you talk about how you improvised, I was about to say pivoted, but I'm going to say how you improvise when COVID hit, when you're, you know, when you're speaking revenue, which was sounded like it was the majority of your revenue, like that shit started to get shut down. And I look at what you've created and it's all the things I've been 
talking about and working toward like more keynote speaking and we're working on Soulbatical and Rebel Souls merchandise and like all the things, right? I'm not going to make the list, but thank you for also like blazing trails because I view that as part of my job too. Like being out there bushwhacking, blazing the trails, you know, planting the torches of truth along the way. Like, we find those people in our lives and it makes a big fucking difference. And you are one of those people. And I want to be one of those people to my community as well. It's beautiful. And you are, and you are, I mean, you're a rebel for um, that notion and that idea. I think that's one of the many things you're probably a rebel for. So I really received that. I'm so glad. And, you know, I need to hear that. It can be lonely, you know, working in your silo. Um, You know, we, I have a team, a small, but mighty team, but I'm I'm alone those days. And so, uh, to hear that the work I create makes an impact, um, you have no idea how how much you just made my day, oh. and I can't wait to feel the same way after I read Sylvanical. Which will oh be my god, the- yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm I. You are. You will totally understand on an even deeper level how connected and aligned our work is, which is why I just was like jumping out of my skin reading your book. And the last thing that I want to say uh, again, another like deeper layer of feeling like a kindred spirit is you've created a series within, first of all, everybody start, put the yes and subscribe to the yes and podcast. It will quickly become a favorite. I have been binging you. So, you know, I have to say like, this is why I love doing this because I'm also a learner. Like to me, it's part of my job. I love, and when I discover new people and then I just like eat it all up or I decide, oh, you know, that person, she or he are just not my people. And that's okay too. Right. But I have to say, like, I've been going on my long walks recently and I'm like, just so you know, sister, you've been with me. I love that. I love that. That's amazing. I also discovered in going down this beautiful rabbit hole that you have a series within your podcast called Gin and Juiced. Yes. And I discovered after I had made a decision to go alcohol free for, I don't know how long I'm taking one baby step at a time. I'm three months into it. I feel amazing. And little did I know. So like I've had this conversation and I'm discovering more and more. I'm like reading Holly Whitaker's Quit Like a Woman. And I just finished The Unexpected Joy of Being Sober by Catherine Gray. And then I find out that you've been on this journey and you are out ahead of me. And I'm like, oh my God, another thing I can learn from this woman What's the big, what's the biggest thing for you? How how many days? First of all, how many days are you, have you been without the juice? The gin and juice. Um, Lots of juice, just no gin, I guess, anymore. Oh, that's true. Lots of (laughs) juice. I always call it like wine. I always called wine my juice. (laughs) I know, right? Which is something you'll read about in those books, like the marketing to moms, like mommy juice and all this stuff. It's so crazy. Oh, Um, it's bad. so uh, I think I'm at like, okay, between 160 and 170 days. So um, we'll do the math. So all January, February, March, April, May. So I'm entering my sixth month and haven't had a drink. Uh, so that's awesome. What started as a dry January kind of turned into uh, a bit of a, 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 I'm improvising this, I guess, a little bit. I'm like, well, let's see if I can go three months. And then I went three months. I'm like, let's see if I can go six months. I'm like, let's see if I can make it a year. Right. And I just celebrated my like first sober birthday, which, you know, those miles and those celebrations yeah. are kind of 
direction. Like, how will I have fun without drinking? And it's amazing what you can do. And, um, you know, without it, once you realize that you don't necessarily need it, um, right. There's, there's other ways to uh, honor yourself. And so, um, plus doing reading, right. It starts, you start to realize what, what, what you're really putting in your body. And it's so interesting. One of the biggest, uh, so yeah, let me back up to answer your question. It, it was sort of an ampersand moment, like a door opening moment. Like I wanted to see, you know, I was a bit in a rut and uh, I was losing my hair. Uh, my skin was terrible. I wasn't able to lose weight like I had. My hormones are all jacked up. And it was really vanity <laughs> that sort yeah. of like for, forced me into this. Like, I'm like, what's the one thing I haven't done is I haven't tried to stop drinking. Well, I should try to stop drinking. So I started like really laying low in December, which usually that would be the worst month to start, but hello, global pandemic. Nobody was doing anything. So I probably had like three or four drinks in December. And then really once the new year hit, I was like, I'm done. Like my wedding anniversary is uh, new year's Eve weekend. So we like had a toast that weekend, but like other than that, didn't really drink in December, but January is kind of like the official. And so it was some vanity that brought me to the thing, but I was in a rut and I didn't like the path I was heading down. And I think what a brave, beautiful, thing to do. I think so many people wait until it's too late. I did not like my relationship with alcohol. I did not like the way it was making me look and or feel. I did not like how much I was doing it. And I did not like how much I was thinking about it. And, um, so I knew I had to reset. So it was an opportunity and Amanda on my team, who is my COO, she's sober, literally I'm alcohol free. And I feel like there's a difference, right? I'm currently on an alcohol free journey. I don't define myself as an alcoholic, but I do believe that I had some codependent alcoholic tendencies, which I think people in America do have, uh, but Amanda on my team has been sober, sober through rehab twice and drugs, alcohol, the whole thing. And so uh, the conversations around sobriety and addiction have sort of been in my world for a while through friends and her, uh, but she has been such an incredible resource. So I thought, let's talk about this on the podcast. Like let's dedicate one episode every month. Amanda's comes on with me. She's my co-host. It's usually her and I, we may bring in a high vibe guest that aligns with, you know, addiction, sobriety, all that stuff. And we just talk about it. Like we talk about it. We talk about how hard it is, how awesome it is, how fun it is, how annoying it is, how crazy it is, how energetic it is, uh, you know, how uncertain certain it is. And, um, and it's been awesome. And I'm, I'm here we are. So it's again, opening a door to something new, uh, just going to happen. But the women that are coming out of the woodwork, right. The conversations, the DMS, the me too's, the, Oh my God, I had no idea. Like, yeah, I was fucking high functioning, baby. I mean, I'd get off this. I'm like, it's 548 right now. I'd be old. Judy would have been like chomping at the bit to be like, Oh, I mean, the first thing I do go crack a drink, like crack a beer, have a glass of wine. That's how I ordered my, myself. And so it's been a fun journey and I'm glad you brought it up. And anyone that's looking for support there, my goodness. Um, it, it sounds like your girl here, Shelly is uh, 90 days in, you got her, you got me, Jen and Juice, go read, put like a woman. Uh, we are the luckiest, another great one. The one you mentioned is well, maybe link up in the show notes, but there's, there's books out there. Start reading and you'll, and the last thing I'll say, and this was my big awakening on going alcohol free, stopping drinking and quitting booze is like the only drug you have to explain not doing. And that is fucked up. Like it's, if you got smoke, so when you quit smoking, like everybody's like, oh my God, of course, gross. Good for you. You stop doing meth, whatever you're on or whatever you do. Like you're on some big drugs, you go to rehab. Like, I'm so proud of you. What a horrible thing. But alcohol, people lean in on that one. 
uh, because it's maybe aligned with something they're not ready to look at for themselves, you know? Um, so yeah, I'm always, always thinking about that and trying to have grace. Cause I think people are just genuinely curious and listen, no judgment here, man, go do my husband drinks. So like, go do you, I have no judgment. Exactly. Um, this feels right right now. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, and I appreciate it. Like I, I believe, you know, in your book, in my book, you'll see my book is sort of a very, very vulnerable. It shares a lot of my story and, um, you know, the good, bad, and the ugly, to be honest. And this is the, this is the next, I think the other day I was thinking, I think this is the second bravest thing I've ever done because the first was walking out the door of Harley and leaving a 26 year high flying marketing career for one of the world's sexiest brands in service of my soul, which most people were like, are you fucking kidding? Like, have you lost your marbles? And the second bravest thing, like talk about fear boss, the second bravest thing I've ever done is say, like you, I don't love my relationship with alcohol. And I don't think it's serving my health, as you said, my mental wealth and my mission. Most importantly, I wake up every day in service of liberating a billion souls. And if anything is right, if anything is getting in the way, I have to take a serious look at it. And it's honestly, Judy, like you said, the thing I probably didn't want to take a look at for a really long time. I always experimented with the dry Januaries and the dry here. And I made a joke in the book. I was like, I would detox so I could retox. Like I should have gotten fucking t-shirts made. I love that. And if you don't have a problem with alcohol, People that don't have a problem with alcohol never do dry January. They're not doing sober October because they don't have a problem with alcohol. Anybody who's doing dry anything or needs to go detox is the person who is going to likely retox. So we want to stop the retox and just stay in that detox because you're right. Oh, really? Well, and also, hello, look at my skin. Look at Judy's skin. Like, And also, I lost so much hair when I was writing the books. I was stressed out and drinking bottles of wine. And my hair is finally coming back. And I was like, oh, yeah, don't want to ever go down that path again. So it's just, it's crazy. So I don't need anything else holding me back. I'm vibrating high girl. And oh so my God. I'm, I want to meet you there. And for anybody in the community who's listening to this and who's like, yeah, I kind of identify with what you guys are saying. Highly recommend listening to the gin and juice episodes, reading the snaked mind, reading Hollywood occurs quit like a woman reading Catherine Gray's the unexpected joy being sober. We'll put links to all the things um, that we just mentioned and I'm going to do, and I, Judy, I want to thank you for this. You've inspired me. I am going to do a solo episode on my 90 days so far, because there have been a lot of revelations. Do it. What a gift. I can't wait to listen. Um, and now I'm thinking like, well, I got to read your book. I want to read your book first. Cause then it'll help me decide. Cause we have little themes. Cause I want to get you on my show, but it could almost be fun to have you like do a two part where we have you on like gin and juice. But then we also just talk to you about like your switch. So I, I either way, keep me posted on that. I think it would yeah. be such a gift to the women and men that follow you. Um, because the more we can talk about it, the more we destigmatize um, all the bullshit around it. 
Oh my God. And I'm all about that in mental health and now also in alcohol-free living. So amen. Okay. So for all the people in my community who've now fallen madly in love with you and also have like their hot pink girl crush on you as well, how can they follow you? Where can they find you? I know we've mentioned some of the things, but let's get them all out on the table. Okay. I love this so much. So, um, of course my website, judyholler.com is going to have all the latest and greatest good information. We're adding things all the time and you want to get on my list. Uh, so definitely get on my newsletter list. Uh, like you, I do a weekly newsletter, share five things I'm loving, learning, reading. Um, I think you'll really love it. It's called the vibe check. So get, go get on my list. You can sign up for that on my newsletter. That is the, the best and probably one of the most popular things I do. Uh, and Instagram. Instagram's where I hang out the most. Um, it's where I have the most fun. So you'll see me on the gram. Uh, and don't forget to use welcome at checkout in our store so you get discounts if you go shopping on the planner and all the good stuff. We're always adding new things. Yay! I'm so excited. I love having you in my life. I can't wait for you to read Soulbatical and for us to have many, many, many more conversations Thanks for showing up and raising all of our vibes. You're amazing. I love the work you do. I appreciate you. And mostly selfishly, I'm just really glad we got connected. Me too. Welcome to the Soulfire family. I'm so glad oh, to thank you. my soul that aligned with your soul. And um, I love that you're a shy town girl. So this is only just the beginning. Uh, sending you all the love. Oh, amen, sister. And Rebel Souls, I hope you were vibing right along with us. This has been one of my absolute favorite conversations. So share it around, share all the pink and orange love and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Hey Rebel, thanks for listening. If you were inspired by what you heard, please subscribe, rate and review so our fellow Rebel souls can find us. We have big work to do together. And if you want to dive deeper, head on over to my website at sylbatical.com and follow me at sylbatical on Instagram. Until next time, stay bold, brave, and badass, and never stop asking, what am I rebelling for?